Uh, hi, Rosie. Uh, good to have you with us today. Uh, we're joined by Rosie Hull from Sky Aurora. Um, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. I, I was just telling you that I I'm just, uh, yeah, it's a super busy week, feeling old, and it's, you know, it it's only Tuesday. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, things are going well. But um, look, thanks for taking the time to uh, to speak with us today. Um, Sky Aurora, obviously one of the rare um, space companies um, in the UK. Um, so it would be great to learn a lot about yourself. Also, you know, the mission, vision and values of, of Sky Aurora, what it is that you're building, how you're building it. Um, and yeah, like, wh why do we just like kick off um, from there? Um, so, mm -hmm. so what actually is Sky Aurora? Yeah, um, so I'll sort of start at the baseline of what Skyroar is. So currently we are a private company that is developing a suborbital and an orbital launch vehicle. So if I talk a bit about our orbital vehicle first, that's our Skyroar XL. And this is a three-stage vehicle that is dedicated to launching small satellites to low Earth orbit. Um, so right now we're still in the development phases of uh, creating the XL vehicle. Um, apart from that, we also have our uh, Skylark L vehicle, which is our suborbital vehicle. So what this means is that it will launch to orbit, but instead of it actually um, staying in orbit and deploying any satellites in orbit, it will come back down after a few minutes in a microgravity environment. So any payload that's on this vehicle sort of has like a chance to experience what it's like to be in microgravity, which is something that you can't really test on Earth. So it's mostly for scientific experiments and things like that. Um, so yeah, right now that that's what we're doing. Well, look, I've got to ask, actually, I've got a question. <laughs> so so I'm sure everyone, including yourself, probably follows like SpaceX and Elon Musk. We hear them all the time talking about payload. Yes. What exactly, in the most simple way possible, um, yes. what, what, what is payload? Okay, so basically it's just like, a thing that you're putting in the the top part of the rocket um it's too bad i don't have any photos right now but basically at the top you have your payload fairing and you have the thing inside the payload fairing and it pops open once it gets into orbit and then whenever you've got just floats into orbit <laughs> uh, that's the part okay fine okay i mean, I mean and, and in terms of sky roar like like so um what what is it that you guys are really like trying to achieve? I mean, I assume you're trying to build a space industry for the UK mm -hmm. to begin with. And um, what's the what's the long term mission for you guys? Yeah, so we have sort of two main long term missions. The first is that we want to serve the small satellite market in the UK and Europe. So a big thing that our CEO found was that there are not a lot of rocket launchers that are commercially available in Europe or the UK. So in the UK, there are no commercially available rocket launchers right now. Um, and in Europe, there's only Ariane Space. So they only have the Vega C rocket and the Ariane, I think, 5 and Ariane 6 rocket. Okay. Um, and so because of that, there's a lot of satellites that are waiting a really long time to get to orbit. So this might be a wait time of maybe one to two years. And because of that, they're spending a lot of time sort of just sitting and wasting money while their satellite could be fully prepared, but there's no rocket launcher to take them to space. And so what we're trying to do is provide a sort of dedicated uh, rocket launcher for these small satellites in the UK and Europe so that they can get to orbit much faster than they would um, on one of these much larger Ariane space rockets. I get you. So essentially there's just too much demand. 
for satellite yeah. right? that's yeah. really what it is mm -hmm. um and something i would mention is that Glasgow is one of the the largest satellite manufacturers in the world. It's not the the, the largest, but it is one of the largest. So there's a lot of uh, satellites just sitting waiting to be launched. Wow. Okay. Fine. So so essentially, so you will be, become the aggregator for people that want to actually launch their satellites in space, or at least you'll bring down the wait times. Yeah. So we'll bring down the wait times, and we're also providing. A much more direct see it's quite complicated stuff but i'll try and oh. keep it simple <laughs> yeah. so with these i'm aware it's complicated by the way rosie yeah <laughs> okay okay that's good <laughs> so on these much larger rockets you have a lot of satellites in a ride share system okay. so they're all kind of piled into the the top payload fairing okay and this means that the rocket launcher sort of caters to the biggest payload that's sort of paying the most amount of money to be there so what it does is it will take that payload to where it wants to be in orbit, but then all those smaller rideshare payloads have to find their way to where they want to be. Okay. But on our Skyrora XL rocket, because it's much smaller, it only lifts about 315 kilograms of payload to orbit. It can directly insert the payloads to where they want to be. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, oh, yeah. It, look, I mean, <laughs> the truth is, I, I haven't studied it. It's something I, I kind of wish I had studied. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's fair to say, you might not like me saying this, but I think SpaceX has definitely got a lot of people very excited about the future. Mm -hmm. um, and all of a sudden, you know, a lot more people are taking a lot more notice of, 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 of space companies like Sky Aurora. And if I was actually looking on your website and it says about how much plastic you guys have recycled, so. Yeah, mm -hmm. so a big part of our sort of like values is that we want to be more environmentally responsible with what we're doing through sort of like innovation. And one of those innovations is our Ecosine rocket fuel. Okay. So what we're doing is taking unrecyclable plastics that are just sitting in the landfill, like polystyrene, and we're turning that into rocket fuel through our own innovative process, <laughs> which is mm. pretty cool. <laughs> Amazing. And, um, and, and, and yourself. So, I mean, it's obviously not something companies, and I've been speaking with Skyrora for a few, for a few years. You guys don't just go out into the market and just try and hire anyone. Um, you know, it, it's obviously a very, specific talented person that you're looking for um how do you guys go about building a rocket ship company or a space company i guess you're more of a space company right is that how mm -hmm. you see yourself yeah definitely okay yeah. So, so how do you go about building a space company um when in terms of actually hiring and you know finding the right people how do you even test if the engineers and scientists are, are good enough yeah, um, so a lot of what we do is we sort of bring on a lot of graduates and then train them up. So we already have quite a lot of like senior engineers that are obviously very skilled in like designing and testing and doing things like that for rocket engineering. So they sort of take care of the graduates, train them up, help them to learn. So our company is sort of like helping provide a lot of skills to local people as well in that way, which is quite good. Amazing. Well, you know, because you know, we actually... um we have relationships with quite a few of the universities. Um, I mean, I'm sure they, and I mean like the, you know, universities that have got like, very reputable universities, which I guess respectfully, you know, you guys have to hire the best of the best, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, in terms, in terms of your own career, like what, what did you study at university? 
Yeah, so I, on a, a whim, I'll be honest, decided to do a degree in geology and planetary science just because I like space and I thought it sounded like a good idea at the time. <laughs> no, well, listen, that, I, I, I guess that kind of makes sense in terms, or at least the trajectory of, of what you're now doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did you do? Am I allowed to ask what grade you got? Yeah, yeah, I got a first class degree um, from the University of Manchester, so I was quite happy with that. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, I don't think it gets any better than that. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, do you feel that actually what you studied has it has it was it a natural progression? Because again, to mm -hmm. jump into any rocket company or any space company, rather, you know, that's a big leap for anyone. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's been really helpful in the way that I understand the sort of engineering side of things and the space side of things and sure. um, my degree did a lot of focus on like orbits and stuff and like satellites and how they work so I have a lot of background in that and that's quite helpful because my job is business development and I do a lot of talking about science and try to like explain thing to, things to kids and stuff like that so I think that was definitely a good like background for that sort of thing that I do. And I've got to ask I mean in terms of in terms of you know, th this must be a passion for you, right? I guess people, yes. don't work, yeah, people don't work in this industry unless they absolutely, like, they live it, live and breathe it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. so how realistic is Elon Musk's vision of, like, the future, of, like, multi-planetary? <laughs> like, you guys must discuss this at work. Yeah, yeah, we do. I think one of our engineers, he's very passionate about the idea of sort of, like, actually getting to Mars and living on Mars. I'm a bit more cynical. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, I would imagine like the, again, I'm not a scientist, but I would imagine that the uh, logic would tell me the atmosphere is is unforgiving, right? And the weather is probably far more unforgiving. Yeah. And there's a lot of like UV radiation and stuff that you have to deal with. And um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's the most hospitable place to live. But then again, I do feel like humans are quite incredible and we do sort of surpass expectations at all points like just see like Elon Musk's starship like once that takes off that's going to be absolutely incredible um so I I feel like we can we can probably do it <laughs> do, do you remember the um was it the, was it the Falcon Heavy in 2018 it was like February 2018 mm -hmm. was, was it the... I can't remember it was I mean it was the massive one yeah 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 uh-huh I remember there was a yeah, few SpaceX launches where I was um I was at uni and we would all sort of stand outside hoping that we could see something. <laughs> I don't know who told us we could see something from Manchester, but we were still yeah uh, yeah <laughs> I, I I highly I find that highly improbable, but it, <laughs> like it, it's insane. I I think the idea of launching something into space just surpasses again all expectations and reality. Mm -hmm. But somehow saying right, we're going to get it to come back down. Like, I know. So I mean, I mean, I guess that that in itself must be a complete game changer for companies like Skyrora, because in mm -hmm. some ways there's probably more demand for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, how how I mean, do companies in the space industry do they ever work together? Do they share their technologies and information? Yeah, absolutely. A big part of my job is actually working with like collaborative projects. So I talk to a lot of other companies. Um, I can't really name any of them because it's all under like NDAs and stuff. But yeah, I definitely like work with and talk to a lot, a lot of companies that want us to work together so we can actually like further ourselves, you know, and actually like create new innovations that we couldn't do on our own. I get you. I mean, and 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 in terms and in terms of 
those relationships like how do they come about is it almost in terms of like any sort of business relationship is it very much like hey this is what we're building you know mm -hmm. we think that there's a natural opportunity here to work together or is it done via uh, research facilities universities how do you guys go about that yeah, it's honestly such a wide variety of things. Um, so, for example, we might go to conferences and, you know, people might come up to us and say, hey, do you want to talk about this? We think we could collaborate here. And then you have a little call and discuss and sort of see if it actually fits with, like, what we're trying to do. Um, yeah, I think it's more just sort of looking at what each other's company is doing. And if you think that we could actually, you know, create something from it then yeah let's go ahead with this but sometimes there's no natural place to collaborate and you're kind of like well this could be a good idea but just not right now <laughs> sure and, i mean and, and in terms of like um companies like sky aurora mm -hmm. it's a very expensive business you're in it's not something whereby you know I, I don't i don't think most people are thinking hey you know what i'm gonna invest my pension into into a say into a space company or at least one yet <laughs> anyway um, I'm sure they will in the future. How do you make money? How do space yeah. companies make money in general? Yeah, yeah. So for us right now, we're still in like the development phase, and that is quite an expensive phase with uh, building rockets. But our our CEO, he has had quite a few other companies in the past, and so they're kind of helping to privately fund what we're doing right now. Um, and apart from that, I think a lot of other companies like Rocket Lab and things, what they do is they'll they'll develop the rocket, but also on the side, they'll develop other things like smaller systems. And then they could sell those systems while they're still, you know, launching rockets and developing things and they can make money both ways. It's honestly, it's just the most fascinating industry that you're you're working in. It really is. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, outside of work, I mean, did did growing up, were you into were you uh, passionate about space like what, what were your passions before before finding sky aurora yeah of course um yeah definitely my passion has always been space um i i guess it's funny whenever i started my degree my first goal was oh i just want to get a degree and then i want to try and do like a teach english as a foreign language course in japan and i was like that sounds like a good idea why not do yeah, that, that <laughs> and then um Afterwards, I decided I got the degree and I was like, actually, I really want to stay in the space industry because I love this so much. Like, yeah. So I just sort of applied for this job and then here I am. So, <laughs> And again, but like, like in your position, how, how do you Sky Aurora go about making a decision? Is it, you know, in, in many other companies go, I like this person. I'm going to give them an opportunity. Does that happen <laughs> in the space industry or is it a very, very specific set of skills? So I think for us, a big part of it is your personality. I think if you're like, especially in the business team, if you're like an approachable person and you can sort of like speak well enough, then that's already a good baseline skill to have because not everyone has that. Um, and yeah, apart from that, just like obviously having like a good degree from a good university is also a really good thing to have. But like in general, I do think on the business team, it is a lot by personality. Um, although on the engineering side of things, I would say that it's definitely a lot more about like, can you handle this sort of like high pressure situation or like, do you have this knowledge about mechanical engineering or whatever systems engineering? <laughs> and and I mean, with, with all this, like, you know, you obviously get like some very like demanding characters. Like, mm -hmm. What is it that you specifically like care about? Like, what do you want to see humanity achieve from space? Because mm -hmm. I, mean, I understand the idea of, 
you know, being multiplanetary, if there's ever a disaster or, you know, asteroids hit the Earth or when, not even if, when they hit the Earth um, or, you know, if we destroy the planet ourselves, anything along those lines. I, mm-hmm. I completely get that. Yeah. But, I mean, what is it that you really, like, see? Because obviously that that seems, and again, I'm not saying it's not possible, mm-hmm. but it does inevitably seem improbable. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. It just means that it's, you know, the odds are not in our favour. Like, what do you want to really see? Like, what do you care about? Yeah. With, with what you're working towards? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's kind of similar to what I'm doing, but also not necessarily. Um, I'm very excited to see people on the moon again. I I have like a little bit of a an obsession with the moon. I like take photos on my phone and stuff and it's like it's like full moon time. I and... do... Okay, yeah. <laughs> I do as well. That's so funny. Didn't, didn't know other people did that, but yeah. No, I, I have like a whole collection on my phone. I like show my friends and I'm like, oh, here's another photo of the moon. <laughs> did you see that? Did you see like, and what's it called when the, when you have like, the, the moon looks massive? Yeah. Uh-huh. We had that a couple of months ago in like, or maybe, sorry, maybe towards the end of the summer, like in London, it, it was incredible. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. Um, so I think this is a photo, sorry, sorry, Rana. No, sure, go ahead. That I took kind of recently, which I thought was quite good. So you took that, wait, you you, you took that on your camera, on your phone roll? Yeah, I did. Oh, it's too bad you can't really see it though. Um, because it's a very good photo, I can, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, send it to me and we'll, we'll, we'll add it when we upload it to the, uh, uh, when we upload the podcast, social media. (laughs) But it's, um, like. What is that? What is that? What's happening when the moon looks that big? Yeah, um, I think it's just to do with how low it is in the horizon. And it kind of like looks bigger than it actually is. I don't think it's actually closer to us in any way. You know what? I've, so what's, what's interesting is that now more people, since space has become an industry, mm-hmm. it's becoming more, I think people in general are understanding it Uh much better mm-hmm. I, I just learned for the first time recently I can't I can't stop talking about this the fact that and correct me if I'm wrong light is not the fastest um is not the fastest element in the world it actually space itself moves faster or travels faster than light mm-hmm. I mean don't worry, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to explain it or I'm not going to jump into it <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what's so interesting for me is you you know you're working in an industry where you're learning new things daily and these aren't small things mm-hmm. these are like you know these are like huge huge um advancements to, towards that the, where impact all of us yeah mm-hmm. it, it's very incredible um yeah and that's why I'm so happy to see that we're actually gonna have people on the moon again because that's just like an incredible thing I think like genuinely a dream for me would to be an astronaut on the moon someday (laughs) so you would go I mean so I read recently there's something like over like 120 um missions planned to the moon Mm -hmm. over the next five years or so like there's a lot apparently there's a lot all of a sudden there's a lot of interest or reinstated interest in the moon like Mm -hmm. why all of a sudden is everyone talking about going to the moon what is it they're hoping to learn from it? Yeah, so I guess a big part of it is once you get to the moon, because there's a lot less gravity there, it means you have to use a lot less fuel to take off from there. So I guess the idea is it's a good like sort of middle ground for us traveling to other planets in the solar system. But the moon's only like 230,000 miles away. 
233,000. Yeah. Like, like, surely, like, that doesn't make, in the, in the grand scheme of things, how much difference can that make if you're planning on traveling, I don't know, one light year? <laughs> like, yeah, like, I guess if you're traveling that far away, then maybe yeah. have way less difference. But if you're you're talking like solar system distance, then it actually can make a big difference. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, pulling back to Sky Aurora. Um, so you know, company culture, the people, you guys must be doing so much differently. I assume you're all in the office for one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What, what what is the company culture like? And like, what's the leadership like at Sky Aurora? Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, it's been really amazing. So whenever I started this job, I was actually like very nervous. Um, but because I had such a great team and such a great manager, they like really helped me to like open up and be less nervous about things. Um, and it's also I've had a really great chance to like grow in this job. So for example, when I was at uni, I would like hit every presentation I ever gave. Like I'd be like panicking before it, like freaking out, even if it was like online or anything. Um, but since I've done this job, I've done like tons of like online presentations and I even went to the National Space Center in person and did a presentation so wow. like just like thanks to my team and like how much they've like supported me I've managed to really like grow in myself which I'm super thankful for. <laughs> that's, that's amazing I mean I, I, yeah I kind of and maybe I've completely like misjudged it mm. from what you're saying it sounds like working at Sky Aurora is similar to working at any other company. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think I've seen too many space films and you know I, I kind of imagine it all sitting around like computer systems kind of like you know yeah like freaking out the whole time yeah yeah exactly <laughs> freaking out that there's an asteroid that's like gonna hit the earth in 18 days or something so, yeah yeah <laughs> I would say it's definitely not the same as like a massive corporation because our team is quite small like you kind of get stuck into everything so Although my job started off as just like general business stuff, I also help on like engineering grants and like I've helped in like some of our attempted launches and stuff. So like you definitely like live a very, I don't want to say chaotic, but it's definitely a job where like no day is the same. (laughs) That's how I would describe it. And and I mean, in terms of, you know, we've seen, and again, I'm not going to name names unless, you know, you you can, but we've seen failed attempts recently. Mm -hmm. Um, what does that mean for companies like Sky Sky Aurora? Because obviously I know that mm-hmm. you've obviously got your own ambitions for this year as well. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, because so I was in the, the Icelandic launch attempt that we had uh, in October last year. And the sadness that we felt whenever it failed was just like nothing else. Like everyone was very, very sad just because like you put so much hard work into it. So I totally understand how the people, I guess, from Virgin Orbit and Cornwall and stuff, I totally understand how they feel because you you put your like passion and love into this project and it fails. But the reality is rocket launch does just fail. Like it's a really like difficult thing to get right, but it doesn't mean that it's never going to work. You just have to keep trying. And every single launch that you do, you learn something new about the vehicle, about like how the operations need to work and like, you know, what other facilities you might need. And then because you're learning, then the next time you get it right and it's it's totally worth it. You just have to sort of get past that that dip and definitely don't give up. <laughs> and is it one of those things where once you've learned it, like you don't repeat that mistake? Because what's interesting is, again, you know, we've seen throughout history where rocket launches have gone wrong. Yeah, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. Some to like real like catastrophe. 
But mm-hmm. I, I kind of get just, and again, from a, a layman's perspective, I've never studied um, uh, engineering. I've never studied engineering at all. So, uh, or physics, I should add. But um, in terms of once you've learned the principles and the laws, um, does it apply every single time pretty much? I mean, I, I know that sorry sounds like contradictory nature, but mm-hmm. it feels like, you know, you watch, you watch a company uh, like SpaceX and they launch, they launch, they have failure, failure, failure. And it's like, bang, we've got it right. And then once yeah. they've got it right, they don't see, oh, no, touch word, but it, you know, <laughs> it feels like they don't then get it wrong again. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it does. I think it's tough. So with the Virgin Orbit launch, for example, they had a lot of successful launches and then a failure. But I think that was also partially because they were launching from a completely different place. And logistically and like operationally, that does add a lot of different factors that you might just not even think of. Um, So I guess it's not to say that it'll never go wrong again, but it obviously increases your chances of it not going wrong. Um, But I, I would say that honestly with rocket launch, it's it's mostly a case of like something goes wrong that you never even thought of and then you're like ah oh, wow i had no idea that could happen let's never do that again and then maybe a few launches down the line another thing happens so you're like oh i never thought that could have happened either i think it's just a very tricky industry to be very, in yeah <laughs> there's a, a, a literally billions of variables yeah there's so many variables <laughs> and, and again like um yours will essentially be like a like a, a vertical launch right when you when you guys go yeah. for it um mm-hmm. so w- what are the di- in fact d- d- if i'm going too deep on this by all means like throw it back at me but mm-hmm. like why why are virgin trying to do it like via a plane like well, what's the rationale behind that because it feels like they're the only ones that are really like taking that approach yeah yeah, yeah of course um i think there is definitely benefits of it because <sighs> i'm not an engineer i don't want to speak on oh, no, too many engineering funny. topics but i would say that maybe no. it's a lot easier for a launch attempt to to go right when you're using a plane because planes take off quite easily we don't really have issues oh. with them whereas that's the easy bit yeah that's the easy that's bit the easy exactly bit. Yeah, yeah. so that's at least you're getting that first stage to to quite high up in the atmosphere <laughs> yeah so they yeah there you have it richard branson you're cheating so uh yeah um <laughs> Um, but no, but no, like it's like it's incredible. Like we obviously saw. Um, I can't remember. It was, you know, it was was it last year when Richard Branson like went into space in the space tourism right. industry? Like that is just that's incredible. Um, and that's something that could probably be a reality, right? I'm guessing on scale, probably within the next ten years. Mm-hmm. So, look. I mean, in in terms of in terms of Sky Aurora, there's obviously like tons of positives working um, for such a company. Um, mm-hmm. You get to work with the brightest and best minds. Clearly, you get to uh, work on at, at the forefront of and the most exciting cutting edge technologies. Um, and well, you get to work with with the future of like building the future of space. So, I mean, in terms of the challenges. Uh, you know, the jobs market is obviously changing massively now. In fact, in many aspects, does that does that create an opportunity for you guys to go out there and actually find the best people more than ever? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I guess we do a lot of sort of like STEM outreach to help us find people. So there's a lot of universities in the UK that have what you call rocketry societies, where they build like small rockets that are like two meters tall, and they actually do launch. Um, not to space, but they go up and, you know, the, the the students have built them themselves and it's like super incredible. And like, they learn a lot of things from that. 
And I would say that, you know, we talk to a lot of people from uh, societies like that. And we're like, these people are, are definitely really learning like super important skills for this industry. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, and, and again, I, I know we, I know we've we've uh, briefly touched on this, but so like, what what does the future look like, or should we say mm-hmm. the the, the near term future for Skyrora, like this 2023, 2024, 2025? Yeah, so near future is definitely going to be our Skyrora XL launch, um, and that'll be from the Shetland Islands as well. Um, so it'll be yeah something that I'm really happy that we're doing is it's a totally like UK sovereign capability, so. We're building everything in the UK and we're also going to be launching in the UK. So yeah, it's definitely like a, a really important capability to have. And will you go, will you actually go and actually see the launch? I will have to be there. <laughs> I don't care what it takes. I will be there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try and convince you guys to let me come and watch it as well. So <laughs> that's awesome. And, and then and then after that, I guess, obviously that, that's a huge milestone, a huge undertaking in itself. Yeah. Um, but after that, have you, have you guys got anything um, else in the pipeline that you're working towards? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely always looking at like new innovations and stuff, I guess, to speak broadly, we're just going to sort of focus on where the small satellite market goes and try and develop products to sort of match that. Um, and we also are trying to focus a lot on implementing like environmentally conscious aspects into our company. So we do have our eco scene fuel, but we, we obviously want to try and do more um, as well as we develop. Right you know uh, even on your website you've got a button that says like book a flight (laughs) isn't it crazy that we're now at a point in the world where you know 20 years ago we wouldn't have done that for a flight to spain and now people can can book they can have their satellites launched into space and before we know it they'll be you know regularly booking uh trips for themselves so incredible you're you're working in by far the most exciting industry i have to say (laughs) thanks yeah Um, rosie it's been great speaking with you today um really appreciate your time and uh, yeah really excited to see what what skyrora um does next yeah thank you so much